Husker Cuscast Sports Show. I'm your host, Patrick, with me are my cohort, co-host cousins, Justin and Derek. We are recording this episode on June 8th, 2017. We got the Holy Trilogy to talk about today. No, not that one. We got baseball to talk about, we got football, and we got basketball. And I'm anxious for the football and basketball myself. But first, we got to address the baseball. The brace ball turned out to be a joke. They had a poor showing in Corvallis, losing to Yale for their first game, and then losing to Holy Cross, of all teams, for their elimination game. So they went uh, they went out not with a bang, but with a... <laughs> Justin, care to elaborate? I don't feel sorry for this team whatsoever. They laid down and died when they got to the regionals. You know, last week I was talking about uh, Oregon State. You know, we didn't want to be in that regional. Yeah. That's because I thought we were going to face Oregon State. And this team proved that, yeah, we don't need to see Oregon State. We can lay a turd without them. And, you know, Holy Cross, that was the it, that was the biggest letdown right there. Holy Cross was 23 and 28. That was their record dead by last. the time that we they were si- dead last out of the chosen ones. They were like 64 out of 64 teams. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. yeah. The Red Cross had a better record than the Holy Cross. <laughs> it was, I mean, this is, this is one of those arguments, you know, that you have every year when a team with a losing record makes the postseason tournament. They're like, Hey, that team, they don't deserve it. Well, Holy Cross, they knocked off a number two seed. Super disappointing as a fan. I know it's disappointing for those guys, but you know what? A team, they laid down and died. Rest in peace. Derek, do you have any chances for resuscitation or resurrection next season? Well, only next season will tell. I don't know. I, I sure hope so, but, you know, I was pretty ner- I was pretty nervous going into Corvallis just the way we played in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, very true. You know, I, I think there was a sense of maybe satisfaction from this team. Maybe they didn't act like it, but the fact that they got some hardware with winning the regular season championship, just kind of like, well, we proved our point. No, you guys didn't prove anything. You guys have gone, what, 0-5, 0-6, the last regionals? you got to win something. you got to show that you can win something so we have some definite improvement. Because honestly... I think Erstad's days are numbered. And as far as your scatological references, Justin, I'll say this just for a change of pace. <laughs> they pissed away their chances in Corvallis. They didn't piss away. They were never in it. I mean, it's not like a choke job. I mean, they were never in it. No. Well, okay. I'm gonna I, give, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt in the Holy Cross that at least they tried. They were they, they came within three runs, and at least Schreiber was capable of hitting a home run. But other than that, they did absolutely nothing. I guess the only good news that really came out of this is Tyler will be happy that we're done talking about college baseball for a while. Yeah, exactly. You know, real baseball. You know, I'm sorry, Tyler. Never again. All right, let's move (laughs) on to other topics here. And the big one coming out of college football, a shocker. I mean, this this is a game changer, fellas. Bob Stoops, 18 years as Oklahoma head coach, has retired, leaving his offensive coordinator – now the new head coach, Lincoln Riley, to pick up the pieces. Maybe I'm being a little dramatic there. 
Uh, it could be a smooth transition. I don't know. But this certainly is something to address when we get into the college football season. But for right now, how would you guys define the legacy of Bob Stoops? Uh, Derek, we'll start with you. Well, you know, I mean, I, I guess part of me is kind of happy to see him go because he just kicked Nebraska's ass. <laughs> he was 6-2 and two against Nebraska. I mean, hey, and, and you know, the, the one play that we will all always remember is the Eric Crouch, or the Mike Stunts pass to Eric Crouch. Black Flash, what was it? Black Flash 49? 41. 41? Yes, yes. And the fact that Stoops tried to do the same thing and failed, loving, uh, it was just beautiful the way he failed in that. <laughs> Am I the only one that remembers? Didn't they, run that, didn't they run that play first, and then we turned around and ran Ex- it? Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Am I the only one that my biggest memory of uh, Bob Stoops in Nebraska is Bill Callahan calling him a bunch of effing hillbillies? <laughs> 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 I mean, the only Callahan moment I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, it's it's tough to see a coach go. I mean, the guy won ten conference titles and in a matter of eighteen years. He was a good, pretty coach. impressive. If if things would have been no, different, I mean, he he did only have he did only have the one national championship, but yeah, yeah, but he I put mean, himself ten, in co- ten coverage miles is impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and everyone's going to remember Boise State and Oklahoma, which is still like well, one of the best freaking games I've ever seen. Barn he, he, he he also had the uh, best winning percentage out of any coach at at, at, at Oklahoma. Which is a little surprising, considering they had like Barry Switzer and you would think, right? And Bud Wilkinson, right? I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, and the other thing, but I he read, was like a hundred and ninety and forty-eight or something like that. I mean, yeah, it was, it was good. amazing. It was like a what was it a a point seven two eight winning average uh, winning percentage? something like that. Yeah, something like that. And I read somewhere that the only one that actually equaled that for a year and won the national championship was our own Tom Osborne. I don't know exactly uh-huh. what year, but yeah, that that was an amazing statistic. And it, okay, so where do you think it's going to go next year then, or or this coming season then for Big Twelve football, Justin? Well, first of all, back to Bob Stoops and uh, how it affects Nebraska. You know, we're going to be playing them in uh, 2020. 2020 and twenty twenty one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was kind of like the 20, thing it, that we, it's it's twenty one and twenty two. Is that okay? So. Yeah. Whenever we play them, hopefully we're still alive by then. But when we play <laughs> yeah, him, no I mean, that was, that was the thing that we were looking for, forward to, right? You know, finally getting to face uh, Bob Stoops and taking it to him like what we kind of wanted to do to Mac Brown back in the day. Which yeah, we never, did. we never did. Yeah, yeah, just, just the but, one, just the one time, but that was it. Anyway, go ahead. But I don't, what is up with this Bob Stoops? The whole thing seems kind of nefarious to me, right? Because- I don't. I think. I think it's just. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't see it as as nefarious or anything at all. I just think he's just out of his time, and he knows he's probably not going to have a lot of chances left. So better to but go out while he can. To, according to all the pundits out there, Oklahoma was supposed to be challenging in the playoffs and challenging for that national title. Why does a person leave in June? I mean, this. There's a long time after spring ball. He's kind of like at that midpoint between spring ball and fall camp, right? He decides to leave when he has this team. There's a national title on the line. It's not like, 
you know, he's uh, going to be headed into the year with a bare cupboard and like, well, I don't know if we're going to, you know, nine wins. That might be a stretch. In in all aspects, he's probably a, was a top five, six team headed in the preseason. And he threw all that away to turn over to a 33-year-old. I don't care how capable he is. You just, you don't do that. Osborne was a 33-year-old once upon a time, too. I think he he, 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 he inherited the Nebraska program, I think, when he was like 34 or 35 uh, from Bob Devaney. So it's not out of the question. Well, and you're being too presumptuous. But, like, who's to say that this isn't going to be a smooth transition and Oklahoma is still going to be competing, maybe not for the national title, but maybe for the Big 12 title? Derek, I, I think one thing I think one thing you have to remember is Os- yeah Osborne took over at that young age and he stuck around at Nebraska for 25 years, but this is a different era. This is a different year, a different college football. Coaches don't stick around for 20 years anymore. I mean, Bob Stoops was one of the few. He was the longest tenured coach at 18 years. Yeah, and he was able to go out in his own terms too, which is also very rare. And, and, and now Kirk Ferentz is now the longest tenured coach. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead, Justin. I just want to ask you guys, now that Bob Stoops is gone and then, you know, you look at what's going around and uh, going on in the Big 12, you know, Texas, they got Tom Herman, second year head coach. You know, you got, uh, uh, oh my God, Texas Tech, the guy that I like. Kingsbury, isn't it? Kingsbury. You got all this youth guys, right, in the Big 12. Is the Big 12 in trouble, right? I mean, all the coaches, they have all this inex- – well, I mean, they have all this inexperience and the youth there, you know, except for Bill Snyder. No one's going to call him young, but he's well, not going to be there he's forever. He's probably not going to be competing for any kind of title either. I mean, as good as Kansas State is, they've been pretty inconsistent. But for, but for the most part, outside of uh, Kingsbury and Patterson and Mike Gundy, right? the rest of the conference, there are a bunch of guys that you think would get their stepping stone there in the MAC or AAC. You know, you, you don't expect them to get their uh, their foot, you know. In the door in a big-time program. Yeah, in a foot in the door program, there yeah, at in a exactly. Power five, yeah. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. But, okay. uh, yeah, go ahead, Derek. The, 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 I kind of want to go back to the Bob Stoops thing for just one more second. The one thing that I really hope it does best for Nebraska is I hope that maybe we can steal some of these recruits with Bob Stoops uh, they mentioned retiring. That on Twitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. TJ Pledger. Yeah. Let's get him. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would yeah. be awesome. There's another defense, defense, couple defensive ends out of Texas and St. Louis, that, or no, Oklahoma City and St. Louis, that were pretty close to, to committing to Oklahoma that it sounds like. They might be thinking another way now. We were Nebraska was pretty high on them already. Mm-hmm. So, well, seeing their expressions on Twitter, they were they were in shock just like the rest of us. I mean, the recruits they were just kind of ambushed with this news. Uh, I, th- I thought it was really interesting. It's kind of funny actually. I saw an article about Barry Switzer, and Barry Switzer had said he was driving on campus in Norman that day, and he got a phone call from one of the reporters asking him about what he thought about Bob Stoops retiring. And he had no clue. He had he had uh, met with Bob Stoops that Monday, and Bob Stoops never alluded to anything. And then there's something See, going I, on here, guys. I, yeah, I, there, that, I, that's I, where the conspiracy theories start coming in. Like, yeah, and I don't, like all, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, are we going to start hearing a bunch of crap come out of Oklahoma 
that just destroys that program because so, something just seems so fishy that you just retire in the middle of June. I, yeah, him and Art Bryles, they were hanging out for a week. And, you know. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't I don't buy that. I just think it was time for him to go, and he's left the cupboard uh, fairly full for uh, for Lincoln Riley, so we'll see what happens. But here's the thing that I, I find intriguing about the Big 12 is that it's – Youth is going to replenish that league, is going to replenish that conference so much. It's going to be interesting, it's going to be fascinating, and it's just going to be intriguing as hell to watch. And for the first time in a long time, you've got all the main, you know, all the main ones, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, uh, Baylor, perhaps, at least having a shot at the Iron Throne. You know what I mean? I mean, we got more than enough houses to compete for the Iron Throne. So I think it's going to be like Game of Thrones where it's anyone's anyone's championship and they're going to go after it. It's going to be fascinating. But does that make good football? Does that make good football with all this inexperience there? It's sick, you get a lot of potential. Sick, you're not going to have you're not going to have a lot of people in there that are so old. They're, eventually you got to replenish it and you got to keep things new. You got to keep it energized. Go so ahead. do you remember with the, the, the knock on the Big Ten? The, the knock on the Big Ten was there wasn't enough big-name coaches there at the time, you know? Uh, Bo Pelini wasn't it. But eventually they started getting all these big-name coaches, you know, like uh, Jim Harbaugh and then uh, Urban Penn State. Yeah, well, Urban Meyer, yeah. Uh, but, and then, you know, maybe Lovey Smith. But they started getting all these name guys, and that brought a lot of credibility to – the Big Ten, and especially in the college football playoff when they didn't have that before. And I don't know if the Big 12, if they're going to be recipients of legitimacy because there are no big name. Well, you start out as an unknown and then you got, you make your name eventually. Sometimes that happens. I, and I, 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 will, I will say this to kind of answer your question from earlier, Justin. Is the Big 12 in trouble? Uh, you know... I think everybody's kind of thought they were in trouble since Nebraska's pretty much left there, but they seem to be holding on Debatable strong. With so I don't, history. I don't know. They're not holding on strong. Every year they're talking about being poached it, for these super conferences. Every well, year, eventually that the house of cards is going to fall. I keep thinking that every single year, and I think it's going to happen, and then everyone's going to disperse. But for right now, the Big Twelve is the Big well, Twelve. I, I honestly hope. That if that does happen, oh, Oklahoma decides to come to the Big Ten. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be nice. I want to get that be rivalry part, be back. Part of the big, be part of the Big Ten East and have us. There's, there's your Black Friday game, boys. Battle of, battle of the Rileys. The Riley battle. That would be nice. All <laughs> right. Let's move on to another house, which is the House of Babylon. Uh, according to Las Vegas odds for Nebraska in the 2017 season, we have a seven and a half line. Uh, Justin, you're the, you're the gambling expert. Could you kind of go into a little bit more detail on that? Well, initially it opened up at six, right? Yeah. And that was the line. And oh my God, if Bovada had that line at six at that time, I would have been all over that. The line has gone up to seven and a half right now, which that's probably a more reasonable line. I think. Yeah. A lot more reasonable than six. But even at seven and a half, I still like the over in this one. I just looking at the schedule, I know it's a tough schedule, but eight games, I think there's eight games in there that Nebraska can absolutely win, if not nine. Uh, I think it would be a little bit more of a challenge if that line was set at eight and a half. I'd, 
I'd completely avoid it. But seven and a half, uh, I, I, I see eight. Don't you guys see eight? I can see eight. I would push for nine. But, yeah, I would take the over on that as well. Derek? Well, looking at our schedule, and th- this is kind of what I looked at, okay? From, from the start of this whole thing, I've been, I've been thinking anywheres from seven to nine wins. I think seven is probably worst-case scenario. Nine is probably best-case scenario. I, I anticipate probably eight, which would put us at the over. But, look, we have five games that I would say at least should be gimme games. Between you're about the home games uh, particularly? No, no. I'm just, well, well, maybe. But, I mean, you know, Illinois, Purdue. Okay. Uh, Arkansas State, uh, Northern Illinois. Okay. And in Rutgers. Those five games should be gimme games. I mean, you can't lose those games if you're Mike Riley. Considering we had nine so, wins. So, yeah. Go ahead. So... So all you have to do is win three other games out of the other seven games. And between Iowa, Northwestern, Minnesota, uh, you know, some of those games have to be at least be winnable for us, right? In yeah. Oregon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, I'm not saying you're going to win all of them, but surely you can get three wins out of those seven games. I would, I would, I would think. Now, now you got the big three between Wisconsin, Ohio State, and Penn State. I mean, those are going to be tough games, but – Besides those three, you at least have to have a shot at the rest of them. The the only two games at this time right now that I would completely discount us out of is Ohio State and Penn State at this point. Really? Now that's going to change. I don't I don't even know if one hundred percent sure I would t- say Penn State. I was going to say Wisconsin, but okay, go ahead. I, I think Penn State's going to take a small step back this year. I I think last year they were an unknown and they, and nobody expected them to be as good as they were. Well, but now they're going to have a target on their back. Let's see how they react with everybody knowing how good they are yeah. and everybody starting to bring their end game to them. Yeah, we're going to get into that in more depth the closer we get to the se- to the season opener. But for the time being, if we did get eight wins, would you guys consider that a failure compared to last year? Ooh, that's a tough question right there. You know, it's kind of like uh, last year. You know, we won nine games, but – how did we lose those other remaining games? Because I think there's a lot of people that are, uh, you know, it's kind of a toss-up. Hey, we won nine games, but yeah, there were some games where we lost bad. You know, yeah. Iowa, it was, Ohio it State, was, Ohio Tennessee. State's the one that comes to mind. Yeah, that, uh, that was the well, it was very, one. It was very Bo Pelini-esque. It was it was a Bo Pelini-esque yeah. season. <laughs> that does not bode well. I want to get away from the nine-win curse. I want to get past that. But yeah, I, I think we need to get at least at least get nine wins. I'm willing to grant Nebraska Mulligan this year. But after that, I want ten. I want eleven. I want I want I want the I want the lot I want the lottery. I want what they give you in the movies. Okay, that's what I want for Nebraska. Let me ask you this, Patrick. You asked about asked about uh, eight wins. What, what do you think? I mean, eight wins to me is a failure because we got nine last year, and I think nine is. Is, is at least the plateau we need to shoot for. Having said that, I want us to get past that damn plateau as quickly as possible. I want us to break past that glass ceiling. But oh, nine, but, but if, we, but but if it, we don't even get up to nine wins, to me, is a failure. But wow. is strength of schedule a factor? Do you have to be a little more forgiving for the strength of schedule? Considering our, our, our adopted cousin, Brandon Kavanaugh, thinks we're going to win the national championship in 2020 or 2021. <laughs> 
I think we need to keep improving on a yearly basis. We have to prove to get back up there. There's a lot of time. I think I think what they're doing with bringing in these uh, high caliber recruits, I think they're on the right path towards that. I agree. I agree, and I love it. But we've had this. It's had this conversation before, fellas. Nothing is proven until they get out in that field and we start winning. I mean, all, everything is conjecture and hypothetical at this point. I want proof. I want hardware. That's what I want. That's what makes that's what makes this so fun. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of hardware, will the Cavs get any hardware? That's the question. Uh, the NBA Finals. Wow. Uh, the Warriors are up 3-0 on Cavs, and I'm as shocked as anybody else. And they have a chance to sweep on Friday. Question is, gentlemen, do you think it's going to happen? Derek, we'll start with you. Uh, you know, I, I, I called the game in six games, and I really honestly thought it would go to six games. I, I don't see that happening at this point. And at this point, I'm actually rooting for the sweep. Before, I thought it would be like a detriment to the the NBA to have a have some, have a series be that bad. Yeah. But but at this point, what Golden State would have done sweeping the whole playoffs would be historical. Yeah, and so I so I could so I could see where that would actually be good for the NBA. It would be something too, to have that that historical team. I mean. Yeah. Because they had. A I mean, you think about all the great teams out there. You think about all the great teams out there. The Showtime Lakers. Yeah. E- even the two, early two thousands Lakers with Kobe and uh, Shaq. Yeah, I mean, even I the don't Bulls. even know about Red Arbox uh, Celtics. If they ever did that. Yeah. E- even the greatest Bulls that everybody always wants to praise so well. Yeah. Never did this. Yeah. Yeah. And they're. I don't want to say they're owed history, but I bet they kind of want to make up for the fact that they made history last year and they came up short in the championship. This would be a nice little, you know, it's not the cake, but it's a little bit of the frosting. Uh, Justin, objectively, Justin, do you think that the Cavs have a chance to win on Friday? Probably not. I think it was so heartbreaking to watch them the other night, last last night. It was so heartbreaking to watch it. I mean, there was victory. Victory. I was excited. Cavs fans were excited. And then all of a sudden, they just started playing. You know, it's like the arena filled up with water. They were just running through water and uh, the Warriors. They were doing everything. Yeah, going inside. Warriors, everything just They were taking terrible shots, and they weren't playing any defense at the end of the game. Is it like they're throwing I mean, threes for like no reason? It's like really? That's what that's what's well, and they, and they, they weren't taking any time off the clock. I know they it were was, running down. They, they were trying to play Golden State ball. They were trying to run down the court and hurry up and score. And they don't have the and it's hard. It's hard. That. It's hard. It's it's hard to beat the best team at doing that when you're not used to doing it. Yeah, and that and that's a great point, Derek. Because I don't you get the sense that the Cavs threw everything and the kitchen sink at the Warriors in the last game, and they still came up short. I don't know if this team has anything left. I think the Warriors... Well, were, you, st- you still you still have LeBron on your team, and so... Even he do said I think he was drained, though, mentally and physically. I mean... But do, but do I think they can, they can win this next game? I think it's... I mean, it's obviously possible. It's always possible. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Durant has a terrible game, or Curry, or... Maybe uh, Tom, maybe uh, Clay Thompson ends up for playing like he did in Game One, where he just can't shoot the ball. 
Right, right. And but, I, I but don't... Right, right now, all momentum is in Golden State's side. I Agreed. And last year's finals are stuck in their head when they when the Cavs came back 3-1. Yeah. I don't think they're going to want to let off the pedal at all. They okay. want to go full board. Well, thank Very, God they yeah, have exactly. Kevin Durant because I don't think the Warriors would be in this position without Durant this year. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Durant is the difference maker. I think you take away I mean, Durant, they, the Cavs they, are a better team. They did it in 2015 with you base can, You can talk about that all you want, but look at last year when they didn't have Durant and they lost. So you can talk about 2015 all you want. You're also forgetting. You're also forgetting that in 2015 it was basically LeBron and a bunch of B-level like basketball players. No, it wasn't. They had they had they had Kyrie Irving. They had Kevin Love. They had all their big guys. They had Tristan Thompson. All those guys were there in 2015, guys. The only the only person that's different is J.R. Smith, and they had Della Vadova instead of J.R. Smith. That's the only difference on that Cavs team. That that and they have Kyle Korver now. And I don't know who they lost for Kyle Korver, but yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think of Kyle Korver. I think Bill Paxton. Am I the only but the, one? But the, the the guys that they have that are different are all backup roles. I mean, they're all they're all six man or you know, they're not starters. Regardless, regardless, I'm looking at last year compared to this year. Okay, and, and even even last year, Steph Curry was hurt through most of the playoffs. And then Green the, the whole tables, the whole tables turned when Green got suspended, and that was on Green. That was his own damn fault. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. But circumstances, circumstances were dealt, and Golden State choked when they were dealt with the circumstances. And that's fine. But without Durant, I think the Cavs win this year. I, they just they look. Durant is the difference maker. You can hide it all you want and deny it. But Durant is the difference maker for this team. He is what well, is, makes the Warriors go. He proved it Everything. in the last game. He basically he proved it every game. That's, that's, that's every fine. Game. That's fine. That's fine. Well, up to this point, yeah, he's proved it in every game at this point. And yeah. they certainly went with him in the hot hand to you know bring the victory in the last game. And yeah, I mean, who did? All right, I'll, I'll put it to you this way: Who did Kevin Durant replace? Harrison Barnes. Enough said. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's fine. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a difference maker. He's absolutely a difference maker. He's well, He's probably. probably I mean, he's probably at least at least the second best player in the NBA. Right at this now. point, yeah. At this point, I think if you put them, I, I, it, it, I, I know if he continues, to, if he continues to play, yeah. If he if he continues to play like this, he could. I think he could surpass LeBron. Uh, but well, I'm not saying he has yet. Yeah. What's funny is, you know. LeBron is having a really good series. He is. He is. He is. He's putting up some numbers. He. He. I mean, he and, but, but and Curry is, got a triple double in I that, think game three, right? Yeah. The, well, they didn't have a triple double in game three because uh, LeBron had like uh, I think seven assists, so he was like three assists short of having so a triple double. So am I thinking double. of game two? Was that game two? They game had two. A, yeah, game two was a triple double. Yeah. But that, but that was uh, that was Steph Curry and uh, LeBron. Yeah, but what I'm what I'm saying is though is that he's still got a triple double. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so the guy's playing like lights out. But look, it's not right. like it's not like Kevin Love's not playing well. Yeah, he Kevin got Love all those scored twenty seven points yesterday. Mm-hmm. He didn't yeah. score a lot of points though. But he got <laughs> rebounds. He was still <laughs> he was still integral <laughs> to like the, to the team. It's not like he faded in the points. background. 
He went in game off the two. last game, but he still contributed in, game, in the earlier games. In game two, he had 27 points, and it didn't help. They lost by 21 yeah. points. Look, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, as much as I hate the Warriors, they're probably going to sweep Cleveland. They're they, probably going to sweep Cleveland. And I don't want to have this discussion. Is the Warriors the best team of all time? Oh, well, I'm not even going to go there. But I'm just saying that if the Warriors are going to make a statement, they've already got their foot on the neck of the Cavs. they got to snap that neck and get that head. All right. It's pretty violent. I know. You know, I talked about Game of Thrones earlier. It gets me going. All right. uh, That'll do it for us here at the CuzCast. If you want to hit us up, visit us on our Facebook page and follow us on Podbean. We're also available on iTunes. So don't forget to like us and write a review. Help us get lots of likes and lots of ratings. Email us at huskercuzcast at yahoo.com for comments, questions, suggestions on topics for future episodes. Praise, more praise, or troll us to your heart's content. We out of here. We'll see you next week. And go Big Red! And follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Please follow us on Twitter. That's a wrap.